Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsnetwork.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Well, a few interesting things are going on in technology, even though it's cold outside. Waymo has started is starting their first self-driving taxi service. You order a car, no driver. I'm not in on this. Sorry. Alpha Zero. It's it's the um, it's the program that was developed by DeepMind that is, that uses machine learning, reinforcement machine learning, is able to teach itself new games. They revealed some of the uh, some of the great results that they've achieved with Alpha Zero. Amazon is going to be putting some of these checkout free stores in airports. So you can really? Just, That's so, cool. so you can just run in and grab something before you go and. And 5G cellular technology is on a roll. We'll talk about that and when it's going to be released and explain what it is exactly. Today we're going to feature the man behind DeepMind, and he's also the guy who created AlphaGo. Demis Hassabis uh, started that. His company was ultimately bought by Google, but he's a man right in the middle of all of this deep learning. And, of course, it was a huge, huge mailbox. There's a letter in your mailbox. You know, I think he's bucking for the Christmas bonus uh, I think he's, he's working on it. He's working on it. We'll see if it works out for him. Never does. <laughs> no. We got an email from Jim in Michigan. Dear Doc and Jim, is there a way to send text messages without a cell phone? Sometimes I need to text my wife and only have a computer because the cell phone coverage in my neighborhood is so bad. Love the show, Jim, in Lake Michigan. Well... Jim, you can actually send an email to it and have it come out at a text message at, at, on a phone. You actually have to email the SMS gateway from your computer. And every, every cell phone carrier has an SMS gateway. So, for instance, in the, in the case of Verizon, the SMS gateway for text messages is vtext.com. So you simply type the number, your wife's number, at vtext.com. And you send that email, and it will go right to her phone. Of course, you're limited to 140 characters because it's a text message, and I and you don't and that includes the subject too. So I would usually when I do this, I don't fill in the subject. I leave the subject blank, and I just write my my short message um, in the in the email, and it comes out of the text message. In the case of T-Mobile, it would be the phone number, including the area code at tmomail.net. And in case of AT&T, it would be the phone number at text.att.net. You can also send pictures and, you know, media using, uh, using another gateway for the, uh, for the, you know, if you want to send a picture rather than just text. Listen, if you want to find out what all the gateways are for either text message or not, simply search SMS gateways and you'll 
pick up a Wikipedia article that will give you them all in great detail. We got an email from um, another one from Jim in Michigan. Wow. It's a two for Saturday. Yeah, just looking at that. That's really it's really interesting. I didn't realize he's – I didn't know I had two from him today, but, you know, well, th- things happen. Super service. I recently downloaded a game file, and the file was an ISO has an, has an ISO extension. And Windows keeps saying it doesn't know how to open it. Somebody told me I need to burn it to a disk. How do I do that, Jim in Michigan? Well, Jim, ISO is a format – and it's used to distribute large packages of files, and they would normally be burned to a CD or a DVD. ISO is taken from the uh, from the, the the standard, the, the name of the standard which is used for the file system, and it's ISO 9660 file system. So it's it's basically uh, using that file system, which which is then copied to a DVD or CVD or or a, a DVD or CD. And so what you have to do now, you've got to find a way to, to, to take that ISO file and burn it to the CD. And that takes a particular piece of software. Now, Im- ImageBurn, or rather IMGBurn, is a free software that will let you burn the data. You just simply, you can download it, IMGBURN, ImageBurn. And download that, and uh, you basically open it up, and then you click on the button that says you want to write an image to a to a disk. Then you click on which which file you want to send. Insert a blank DVD or CVD a DVD, and hit, just click write, and it'll just transfer it all there for you. It's really easy to do. There's another good option. There's it's called Active at ISO Burner by Softech. That's actually also a, a, a free program, and it's gotten great reviews. It's very easy to copy these ISO files. We got an email from Margaret in Oakton. Dear Tech Talk, I'm getting low memory messages on my iPhone. I got oh, I got a lot of pictures. I transferred my pic, I transferred a lot of pictures to my laptop to try to try to get rid of it. Now I'm deleting photos, but I'm still getting low memory message. What what's wrong with my phone, or what can I do? Love the show, Margaret in Oakton. Well. <clears throat> You can delete your photos. What I, what I would recommend you you do, uh, uh, what it, rather than delete them, I would rather I, w- I think you're better off s- storing thumbnails on your phone. What you want to do is um, and you store the high resolution images in the iCloud. Ooh. So so what you what you want to do if, in order to do that, and then you can just keep thumbnails on the phone. You can look at it, and then if you want to actually see the high resolution, you click on it, and it will download that one particular file. That's called that's called um, storage optimization on the on the iPhone. So what you want to do is you want to first of all turn on the iCloud photo library, so that your photos are backed up automatically to the iCloud, and then you've got a choice of you can you can say store the full resolution image on my phone, or you can say optimize the iPhone storage. If you click optimize the iPhone storage, it takes and creates thumbnails of your photos and stores them on the iPhone, and they're much much smaller. And then it stores the high resolution photos on the iCloud, and I think that is the best way to operate. If you if you take a lot of pictures, and you have an iPhone without much storage. That would be my recommendation. Now, you may have to pay for additional iCloud space. They only give you five gigabytes for free. 
So if you want to get more space, say, you want to get 100 gigabytes, it might be 99 cents a month, uh, something like that. But it will cost you. We got an email from Carol in Sterling. Dear Tech Talk, I'm starting a new business and need to get a low-cost phone number. I've heard something about Google Voice, but I don't quite understand how it works. Please explain. Carol in Sterling, Virginia. Well, Google Voice actually is a pretty good option for you. It's Google Voice is a is a telephone service that provides call forwarding and voicemail services as well as voice and text messaging and it's and it, it will handle both US as well as international calls. And the beauty is it's free. Now the service was launched by Google March 11th, 2009 after they acquired a company called Grand Central. Now when you sign up for Google Voice, you're going to need a Gmail account. You sign up for Google Voice, and then you can pick a phone number. And you put in your zip code, and they'll try to get a phone number close to you. I, I looked at it last night. For instance, in Virginia, right now all the 703 numbers are t- taken. And the closest number that I could get to, the say, to, to northern Virginia was a was a a, a a number in Maryland, a 240 number. Huh. So, so you, you, you pick a phone number, and... It's free of charge. And then the beauty of this is that you can forward that number to multiple phones. So suppose you you want to you want to use that number as uh, for people inquiring services from your company. You could forward it to three or four people, and uh, and if and if the people in your company change, you just simply cancel one fo- number that you're forwarding to, and then put in another one. And then that way, the number the public facing number always stays the same. So when people call you. On Google Voice, it will say um, they, they'll 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 make the phone call and it says this is Google Voice answering. Please state your name and they'll state their name, and then when all the phones that you've attached it to start ringing and you answer one of them, it says Richard Church is on the phone from Google Voice, and then you can simply answer the number. You can also put in your it, it, they have text messaging or they have um, voicemail. They'll transcribe the voicemail so you can see it in writing, and you can have, you can customize your voicemail message. It's actually a great little service. It's free of charge, and I can't really figure out how they make money from it. I, I was looking mm-hmm. around. I just oh, you can. I think you can make phone calls. They they actually will. You know, you can charge up an account, and so you can make long distance phone calls, say from your laptop through Google Voice, huh. which is which is pretty interesting. So yeah, so it, so it's so like on a laptop, if you if you if you log into your account on Google Voice, you can actually make a phone call from your laptop without a phone. So it gives you just a lot of flexibility. They've got also call blocking, call call screening, uh, all of that's free of charge. I think you've got a good option there with Google Voice for your little startup business there, Carol. We got an email from Rita in Maryland. Dear Doc and Jim, I recently set up a new computer and tried a clever, uh, uh, tried something really clever. I, you know, somebody told me I needed to be secure, so I created this really, really difficult password for my new computer. Uh, now I can't remember it, and I'm lo- <laughs> and I'm locked out of my Windows 10 machine, and that and my computer is really locked up because that was a very complicated password. I don't have any CDs available. This computer's Never been used. I don't have any documents on it, but I can't get into it. So I went back to the store. So I, I figured these guys can help me. They said, sure, no problem. We can help you. It'll be $100. Yeah, great. And, I, and I'm thinking, there's got to be a cheaper option. Love the show, Rita, in Maryland. 
Well, Rita, congratulations for you know get, growing, getting on the bandwagon for complicated passwords. <laughs> <laughs> you are drawback. you are one step closer to having a, a secure machine, but uh, it's it, it. I'm glad you're thinking about it. Well, there is a process uh, for recovering your passwords on Windows 10. That's quite good. Now, if you've used Microsoft Live login, for instance, say when you when you lo- when you create your password on your computer, you could actually synchronize it with your with your Microsoft with with with, the, with Microsoft servers using, say, the Gmail account, and you could synchronize it so that it's possible if you forget the password on the computer, you can log in to Microsoft Live, and then you can use the password reset option to come back. That's the, uh, I'm sorry, it's the uh, the show's feeding back. I'll fix that. Okay, I was wondering what was going on. And so you can simply go to... Uh, per- Periscope is somehow finding its way into the board. So you can, so you can go account.live.com slash reset password, and, and you can then reset the password, and then you're set. So... I've I've got a Windows 10 machine and I'm using Microsoft Live login because if if I ever forget my password I can just reset it I don't have an issue. Now if you if you aren't using Microsoft Live then what you are going to have to do you're you're basically going to have to uh, you're going to have to reset your PC. Now what you can do the good news is you is you don't and since you don't have any documents you don't have to worry about it. So while the computer is rebooting you can hit F11 and select Troubleshoot from the menu, and then you can select Reset Your PC from the menu, and you'll be warned that this will remove all document data. Click OK, and it will reset. I mean, it might take quite a while to do this, because most of the new computers have the complete uh, installation files on the hard drive in a secret compartment on the hard drive, so it'll just reinitialize itself. It might take an hour or two to do this, and then once you install it, then you're going to have to go through and probably <laughs> install maybe 40 or 50 security updates because there will have been a lot of security updates since you had your computer. And then that way you're done. Now, by the way, you can reset the password using Hiron's Boot CD. That's a, that's a free CD. You can look it up. You can download it. Hiron's Boot CD. And you can, you can reset the password. But remember, all the files on your hard drive are encrypted. They can't be read with without the password, so you wouldn't get any files. And, and I think going in and just resetting the password is not is not a very good option for you since you're not trying to protect any of your documents. I would just go ahead and reset your PC completely. So the moral of the story, don't forget your password. Yes. And always on your computer, link it to the Microsoft account so it can be reset. We got an email from Knock in Ohio. Dear Tech Talk, I travel frequently between Ohio and Virginia. I always carry my laptop with me. Now, I want to know, do x-rays damage the flash flash media, floppy disks, or laptop computers? Because I go through this, I go through this, you know, the screening. I, I use the it for carry-on. Right? Yeah. And I'm and I'm always worried that they're gonna they're gonna hurt the um, hurt the That's a hurt very good my question. equipment. You know, well, actually many users do this and you don't need to be concerned about it because x-ray machines, x-rays really don't damage any of your any of your uh, magnetic media. These are really low-dose x-rays, and they have actually tested that, so nothing is going to be damaged in your, in your, you know, your, your floppy disks, your laptop, your flash media. No, nothing's going to be bothered. However, 
You know these metal detectors that they have that you you walk through? Mm-hmm. Those use inductive current. And if you carry those metal, if you if you'd carry your things through those metal detectors, you could, they could be damaged. You can't do that though, can you? You can't. You could do, do it, it by accident. You could do it by accident, and then it would not be a good thing. So, <laughs> I, so I, I think the I would not take any of the any of your magnetic media, any of your magnetic storage media through a metal detector. I mean, would that even apply to like ATM cards, credit cards? Would that mess up the metallic strip, the magnetic strip? I I don't think it does, but. But you're not supposed to carry them through anyway. You're, you're not supposed to carry them through anyway. So, anyway, there you go. Listen, we love your emails. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. It is Saturday morning, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. And you can uh, watch us do the show by downloading the aforementioned Periscope app to your device and following us at... WFED Tech Talk. That's the island greeting that we send you. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz, and now it is time for... Profiles in IT. Yes, today we're going to feature Demis Hassabis. Demis Hassabis is a British artificial intelligence researcher who founded DeepMind, and they created AlphaGo. That was the program that beat uh, the champions in Go. Demis Hassabis was born uh, July 27, 1976 in London. His, uh, his parents are of Greek Cypriot and Singaporean descent, He's, uh, and he was a child prodigy in chess. He reached the master level at age 13 and captained many of the English junior chess teams. Hassabus was educated at Christ College in North London. After completing his exams at age 16, two years early, he was hired by Bullfrog Production, where he co-designed and programmed a video game called Theme Park. Theme Park was a celebrated simulation game. It sold millions of copies and won the Golden Joystick Award. <laughs> <laughs> and inspired a whole gen- genre of management simulation games. 
1994, Hassabus left Bullfrog to attend Queens College at the University of Cambridge, where he studied computer science, graduating in 1997. After graduation, Hasabeth worked at a, as an AI programmer on the at the Lionhead Studios, and um, and he and he programmed a game called Black and White. In 1999, he founded Elixir Studios, uh, which and uh, and which which is a game development company. So he seemed to sort of move into this game development. His first game, Republic was greeted with kind of lukewarm reviews. His second game, Evil Genius, a Bond simulator, fared much better. Then in 2005, he sold all the intellectual property rights to Elixir to various publishers and closed the studios. Then in 1999, at age 23, he won the Mind Sports Olympiad, an international multidisciplinary competition for games of mental skill. And he actually won it five times in a row. This guy is pretty smart. Hasabus returned to academia in 2009 uh, to work on his Ph.D. in cognitive neuroscience from the University College in London. He published several influential papers concerning memory and amnesia, and after graduation, he was hired as a research fellow at the Gatsby Computational Neuroscience Unit at University College London. In 2010, he co-founded a company called DeepMind Technologies, which is a London-based machine learning startup specializing in building general-purpose learning algorithms. In 2014, DeepMind was a Acquired by Google for $625 million. Hasabeth is now vice president of engineering, and he leads the general AI projects there at uh, Google. On March of 2016, AlphaGo, which was one of the programs that they had created, a self-learning program they created to play the game Go, it beat Lisa Dahl, one of the highest-ranking Go players in the world. It won four out of five games. This was a major a major uh, accomplishment because Go is such a complicated game to play. In in 2018, DeepMind's AlphaFold, which is a program, um, successfully predicted um, the the structure in the protein folding structure for different proteins, and they su- successfully predicted it 25 out of 43 times. And in a competition, a, a protein folding competition. AlphaFold 1. This is one of the big applications for this. Google uses AI to understand search queries, providing context awareness, allowing users to talk to computers as they would a human. And um, in, uh, in 2009, Hasabeth was elected as a fellow to the Royal Society of Arts for his game design work, and he was awarded the Muller Award by the Royal Society in 2014. So there you go. Everything you want to know about Demis Hassabus, who's a very smart guy, knows how to play chess, and he loves to program games, and now he's into artificial intelligence and machine learning. Excellent. It is Saturday morning, and you are listening to Tech Talk Radio here on Federal <laughs> News Radio, 1500 AM, 820 AM, uh, 103.9 FM HD 2, 103.5 FM HD 2. We are uh, heard on the web as well at stratford.edu, and you can watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope to your device, following us at WFED Tech Talk. We'll be right back in just a minute. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment.
In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Ross, Featuring Mr. Big Voice. With musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you, you very much. They start cheering and you oh, tell yes. them to stop. Oh, yes, well, you know. Well, I they could... love you. Oh, 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 yeah. I just love all that applause. Yes, of course. This, of course, is a, in addition to being a radio show, it's a classroom of the airwaves, and we like to teach, and we like to find out whether our students, the otherwise known as listeners, have learned anything. And we do that with a pop quiz. If you get the right answer to the pop quiz, you get an A-plus for the show, Plus, you will win a couple of tickets to fine dining at one of our dining rooms. Earlier in the show, I talked about Demis Hassabis. He is, of course, the AI researcher who founded DeepMind and created AlphaGo. Now, before he actually got into the artificial intelligence business, he liked to program games. And the first game that he programmed called Theme Park won a very prestigious award. What was the name of the, the award that he won for Theme Park? If you know the answer to today's question, well, that's just great. Make it pay off by playing the pop quiz. If you're dialing from west to the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're staring down a bad bishop in your chess game in Canada, Call us on the wildcard line, 877-936-9333. And it's always checkmate on the wildcard line, 877-936-39333 or frankincenseandmurr.com. And if you're calling in from Erbel, Kurdistan, that's where one of our new locations is. Wow. You can reach us on Skype. Simply connect the Tech Talk Radio 1 and your call will be forwarded to the studio free of charge. Dial now. <laughs> he was supposed to say Andrew Mitchell, our adjunct professor for prize distribution and crowd control, is standing by to take the calls. I know. And then dial now. But, you know, he's in a hurry to get out of here today. Okay. Apparently there's eggnog somewhere. Uber has filed its, its IPO, an initial public offering, on Wall Street. They did it one day after Lyft filed their IPO. 
They're Uber and Lyft are kind of competing with each other. They Uber was supposed to, uh, you know, do their IPO filing next year, but when Lyft came out, they figured there's only so much public money, so they they filed theirs right away. Uh, right now, uh, there it looks like they'll both the, the IPOs will both come out in the first three months of 2019. Wall Street banks project that Uber could raise 120 billion dollars with its IPO and that Lyft could raise probably $15 billion, the IPO, so they could start accelerating the self-driving car activity. Interesting. We do not have a winner yet, so continue to plod forward, I will keep on going. So let's talk about Alpha Zero. This is another product from DeepMind. You see, AlphaGo... Uh, they they use that to, to, to learn how to uh, to uh, I've got to have an aside here to kind of explain this. Please do. They these all use uh, uh, what they call machine learning, where it's it's like it's like the mind works, where we have neurons and then the synaptic the synaptic values uh, that connect the neurons change as you learn and you and you and the synaptic values uh, change uh, throughout the whole mind and then you, you and you can learn different things and, and you learn by observing things and they've simulated that basic structure in this machine learning where they observe things are going they observe data and then the thing just programs itself well the original AlphaGo they kind of tweaked it up a little bit it was kind of a hybrid it wasn't all machine learning they tweaked it and then they and they used some machine learning to optimize it, but it wasn't totally machine learning. Now they've come up with an alpha zero program that there's no tweaking, nothing. They just it just plays the game with itself. So and it actually is able to learn quite well without any tweaking. And so this is quite amazing. So starting from random play that's given no domain knowledge except the rules of the game, say like what the, the rules of the game are. And it turned out that Alpha Zero defeated the world champion programs games for chess and for shogi, which is a Japanese chess, as well as for Go, and it and it learned from scratch. They they published a paper about this in Science. The group described their new system and explained that they believe it represents another huge step forward for AI. Now it's been 20 years since we had the first supercomputer known as Deep Blue. Playing chess, remember they they you know that big game they they beat Gary uh, Kasparov, who was the uh, who was the the world champion from yeah. uh, from Russia, yeah. and uh, they beat it. it. Was a big deal, but that was there was a lot of programming in that, and it wasn't and it wasn't really machine learning. And since then, computers have gotten faster and faster and faster. And now they can they can beat humans in almost all games. This new system, Alpha Zero, uses reinforcement learning, as it name as its name implies, it. Get, plays games repeatedly. It plays games with itself over and over and over again and learns what works and what doesn't work. And so in, say, 30 hours, the machine can learn how to play chess at, at the championship level. So it eventually becomes so good that it can it can beat humans as well as other AI systems. This is a huge breakthrough on Alpha Zero from DeepMind. Okay, we don't have a winner yet. One of our people on, on uh, 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 what do you call this thing? Periscope says golden sound card, but that's that's not quite it. So why don't you ask the question once again? Yeah, though so he won a he won a prize for writing his first his first a theme his first game theme park. He he wrote that while he was working for the company Bullfrog, and he won a particular award for that game. And I guess we could give the first name 
the first word. Well, we, and, we, golden is, is the first word. Golden is the first word, and because now we need a, another now word. Now we need another word. Now I'm going to throw out another question. If you could tell us, because Mr. Big Voice mentioned this, uh, bad bishop, which is a chess situation, since uh, since Mr. Hassabus was a chess person. Uh-huh. Tell us what a bad bishop was, and it's not what you think. So one more item, Doc, and then okay. we'll go to break. Okay? All right. Let's look at Waymo, the first self-driving taxi services out there. And I know that's what you're waiting for, Jim. Uh, yeah. Waymo is a is the self-driving subsidiary of Alphabet, which, of course, was a spinoff from Google. And they launched their first commercial autonomous ride-hailing service in Phoenix. Waymo's new self-driving taxi service is called Waymo One. And it will only be available to several hundred members of the Early Rider program. Since 2017, Early Riders have been testing the company's autonomous vehicles for trips to work, to school, and doing various errands. And actually, it was a good deal for the Early Riders because they didn't have to pay anything. Now, some of the people... Some of these people will now migrate to Waymo One, while others will stay with the Early Rider program. Those who move to Waymo One will continue to use the company's self-driving cars. They're all Chrysler Pacifica minivans, in the same way that they did with, as in the Early Rider program. But there's one difference: now they'll be charged for the rides. So uh, they, they they switch from the free ride to the charge ride, and it becomes a, a real taxi service. Now the cars aren't fully driverless yet. Uh-huh. They have trained drivers sitting behind the wheel just to make th- certain things are are going to work out okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, and and Waymo insists that their cars drive drive themselves the majority of the time, and the human only takes control when the vehicle becomes confused. And and there's I, they, I saw some scenarios where it got confused, like you're trying to do a left turn, and there are a lot of people walking all around Yikes. across the pro- walk crosswalks. It was a problem. Would you would you get into driverless cab? I would. I would. I would you, be. Man, I would, you live on the edge. I'd you be, are just. I'd be one of the early riders. That is for. That is for sure. Now, Waymo will only be available in the four Phoenix suburbs where they've been testing this thing for two years: uh-huh. Chandra, Mesa, Tempe, and Gilbert, and that's roughly a, a hundred square miles. So they've really just been practicing in this one area. Mm-hmm. So far, Waymo's vehicles have traveled ten million miles autonomously on public roads and an additional 7 billion miles in virtual simulation. So they are learning through reinforcement learning to become better and better and better. Can, can I have an aside before we go to our, yes. our caller here? So there seems to be, in, in automotive news the past couple of weeks, there have been some announcements that some some uh, automotive plants are going to shut down because they were, you know, the, the car manufacturers are getting away from sedans and getting more into crossovers and SUVs right. because that's what people want. And it seems like there really isn't that much demand for these electric cars. What do you think it's going to take to get people into electric cars? It's going to take younger people. All the young people, look, the young people don't believe that investing in a car is worth it. What What is that? Do you understand that mindset? I mean, because you deal with young people all the time. They, what, what is that? It's, you... it's, it's the sharing mindset. They're, they're, they're used to using Airbnbs, you know, the, the whole idea of using uh, Uber maybe, you know, is just, is, it's ride sharing, resource sharing. They're just, they're just used to that. They grew up with that. And so they're they're thinking, why why should I have a car? So they're going to be the first ones to adopt this thing. And I think once we've got fully self-driving taxes out there, it will be so cheap because you won't you, because most of the time a car sits in the garage and it's not used. 
Okay, well, that's what ride sharing, but elect, uh, truly electric, all electric vehicles. What is it going to take to make that work better and, and get make that oh, attractive to people? What do you think? They'll, they'll have to have charging stations. Is that the big thing? That's is that you the, just can't go thing. far? Well, you, you you know the range is now up to three hundred miles, mm-hmm. but but you but you can't pull into a charging station and then wait, um, you know, two hours to charge your battery. Is that it's, how long it, it takes? It it, it it could take a long time. And that now Tesla has some has some high speed charging, but it is a lot takes a lot longer to charge it than you'd want to at a gas station. I think we're probably going to get to removable removable batteries where you pull in. And they'll pull out a battery pack and pop in another one, and you can, and that's about the same time as it takes to to uh, well, to, to, to basically uh, you know fill your gas tank. The batteries now are basically the whole underside of the car, aren't they? Yeah, but they could, but they could make it removable. I mean, I I think removable removable batteries. Then it makes it practical. You could. The other problem with these, they see the batteries also have a certain lifetime. You got to replace the batteries. Right. It's expensive. Yeah, sure. So now what you do, you just you just get different batteries. You just put put them in there, and then the the overall cost of the battery depreciation on the batteries just is just in whatever they charge for the to, to give you a full battery. So the car manufacturers seem to be putting a lot of eggs in the electric car basket. But I, this, I I think the electric cars are going to go. I mean, the, you the really range think so? The range is already up to three hundred miles. How long do you think it's really going to take for this to take off? I mean, are are they close to getting this battery thing worked out? Well, they are. Uh, I don't know if anybody's working on removable batteries yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you only drive 300 miles and then you stop and then you spend the night there and come back, then you you, You're don't, okay. you, you don't have to worry about it. But it doesn't work for long trips. Well, that basically gets you to New York. Yeah, but it, but then but then you, you have to park and then and and, and pl- you have to find later. a place to yeah, plug so, it but in. But I, I think we need we need a higher density of charging stations, and I do think this removable battery concept is 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 going to be the way it will go eventually okay all right thank you for that aside and we're going to go to the phones now let's go to line two which is the international line and this is sue who's calling us from springfield which is not exactly international hi sue how are you I'm fine, thank you. Good. All right, Dr. Schertz, yeah. ask the question, yeah, please. So earlier in the show, we talked about Demis Hassabus, of course, the man who founded DeepMind. What award did he win for his, the first game that he wrote, Theme Park? The Golden Joystick. That is, that is correct. correct. Very good. Very thank good. you, Sue. Hey, Sue, uh, can you answer the other question? What is a bad bishop? Do you know what that is? <laughs> The what? The, we asked, what is a bad bishop? That was our, our auxiliary question. Do you know? It's a chess situation. Do you know what that means? A bad bishop. I guess no. not. I don't think so. That's when your bishop is hemmed in by pawns. Oh, there, there you go. There's nothing riding on the line, so you don't lose anything. Hang on. We're going to send you over to uh, Andrew, and he's going to take your information, and we will send that prize right out to you. It is Saturday morning, and you are listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m., uh, 103.5 FM HD2, 103.9 FM HD2. Watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. We'll be back with more in just a minute. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment.
In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge of Stratford University talking technology. Now let's talk a little bit about 5G cellular technology. That's fifth generation wireless networking technology. And all the cell phones are, all the cell phone uh, companies are moving toward that at a very fast speed. Now, 4G is what we currently have with our cell phone. That gives us around 17 megabits per second download speed. That's We used to think that was fast. 5G will mm-hmm. deliver gigabit speeds. Gigabit, one gig, up to one gigabit to your cell phone, which is super fast. And that means you could stream 4K high-definition videos to your phone without any trouble at all. Now, so speed is the number one advantage that you get with this. The number two advantage is they can have more connections per cell phone tower. I mean, today's cell phone networks, they they have big towers that are 200 feet high and they blanket large areas with a signal. And there are about 25,000 uh, cell towers in the United States overall. <clears throat> That's a nice number to know. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really know that until till uh, this morning. 25,000 in the US. With 5G, they're going to have microcells, much smaller cells because they want to they want to have, uh, you know, they, they, they want to have more people on them. And so they'll have a much higher density. They'll, they'll, they'll cover a smaller, smaller area. And each of those 5G sites will be able to connect many, many more devices than the, than the 4G sites have. And because they are covering smaller area, they're, they, they, they have more bandwidth available, you know, for, you know, for, for all that, that high, high data connectivity, high-speed data connectivity. And then the third advantage of the 5G is latency. Right now, that's the that's a delay. Whenever you try to connect to the network and get an answer back, the delay of connection is latency. With 4G, the latency is about 9 milliseconds. With 5G, the latency is about 1 millisecond. And that, if you're trying to use, say, 5G to control autonomous vehicles, for instance... There's a big difference between nine milliseconds and one milliseconds. If you're, it could be your life. It could be your life, <laughs> yes. exactly. And so these these low latency networks are going to be used for uh, for you know one of the applications is going to be for autonomous cars, and and you need to get quick answer, quick uh, quick communication without any latency. Now you're also using more bandwidth. You're uh, you know. It's going to it because you need more bandwidth in order to get all of this um, all of this this high speed data transmission. So, 
Above 6 gigahertz, they're using millimeter waves. So they're, they're, they're going up to the millimeter wave band as part of their bandwidth to communicate. And then, and then below, below 6 gigahertz, they're, they're, they're using some of the tr- traditional uh, cellular, um, cellular connections. The, uh, the millimeter airwaves in the U.S. are going to be centered at 28 gigahertz and 39 gigahertz. And the sub-6 gigahertz will be around the 3.5 gigahertz band. This is all... And so they're consolidating all of this bandwidth, all of this bandwidth, and making it available for this high-speed communication. That'll be a big shift. Now, all the carriers are moving toward it, ATT, Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon. They're all working on 5G's net- networks. They're all launching it. Most, of, most are going to launch next year. Um, and it's going to turn out most of the cell phones uh, by 2019 are going to support 5G, with the exception of Apple. They won't support 5G until 2020. Hmm. Because they're in a feud with Qualcomm, ah. and Qualcomm's releasing all their chips, uh, and so all the other manufacturers are going to use the Qualcomm chips. But uh, Apple is waiting for the Intel chip, which Intel's also making it. So this feud is going to slow them down a bit. So this 5G is going to be—it's going to also 5G has enough bandwidth that it can replace the wired connection to your house. So you you know you, you don't need a fiber optics to the house. So this p- can be used for home connections to the to the network because there's enough bandwidth. This is going to, you know, really transform communications in the in the US. So, Linus Torvalds has returned to Linux development. It, now this is kind of an interesting story about about Linus Torvalds. He he of course is the one is the man who developed the Linux kernel. That's the open mm-hmm. source uh, kernel uh uh, it's a uh, the Linux. It's the Linux operating system. What he did a long time ago, we had the uh, Unix, and they had a version of you know the Berkeley, UC Berkeley edition of uh, of Unix, uh, and um, but you could have but you had to run Unix on a, on a microcomputer or on a, or on a mainframe. You couldn't run it on a PC. So Linus Torvalds got the idea. Says I'm going to take that basic. Uh, Unix uh, operating system. I'm going to port it over, and I'm going to put it on, a, run it on a PC, and that became Linux. And um, and so Linus Torvalds, he 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 developed the whole Linux system, and uh, and and you know most of the servers now on the on the internet that on the internet are Linux because there's there's no royalty they got to pay. The, the software's free. It's open source. But these but this is run. This whole Linux uh, open source operating system is run sort of collegially, where people volunteer their time and work on it. And it turns out that Linus Torvalds is, has a reputation for being rude and aggressive to really? other members of the community. And, would, huh. and he, would like make, he, would, he would yell at them and take flippant actions, and <laughs> he'd make personal attacks. And, yeah. I know and, some people like that. And so what, what happened was, I think... Finally, uh, uh, Torvalds, probably his grandmother, said, you know, Linus, <laughs> you, need, you need to change your behavior. And you need to apologize to some, some of these people that have done it. So he left the Linux project completely about four, four or five months ago. He just left it. He said, look, I'm creating, I'm, I'm creating too many problems here. I've got to change. I think after I had that good long talk with his, with his mom. And they, and they assigned an interim chief... Uh, uh, Craig Coa Hartman to take over the Linux kernel back to take over the Linux kernel uh, while Torvalds was gone, and the good news is he he's coming back and he's and he issued this quote when he came back he said I need to change my personal behavior I want to apologize to people 
that my personal behavior hurt and possibly drove, drove, driven them away from kernel development. He wanted to bring them back. So he's back in the fold, and he's being nice to everyone. And actually, everybody likes having him back because he's, he's really a good technology leader. He's just not really a good manager of people. And so the um, Linux is funded, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's basically part of the open source community. Uh, the Linux Foundation basically, basically manages Linux, and Linus is now back in the fold, and everybody's happy about that. I was, you know, you said you had to talk with his mom. I was wondering how old he is, because we've talked about him quite yeah, a bit. Uh, yeah. He's only forty-eight years old. I had no idea he was that young. Yeah, he's, he he developed Linux when he was when he was quite young. Oh, you can get multiple phone numbers with a Verizon app. Uh, you can have up to four numbers on your on, on one cell phone. Really? Yeah. So you you, you download this app, uh, this Verizon app, and. Um, and you uh, and you'll it's called my numbers by the way you can just go you just go to the uh, to the app store download my numbers Verizon my numbers you'll be asked to you'll be asked to authenticate your phone number and then you can purchase additional virtual numbers and each of these virtual numbers it can be used they can use for unlimited calling as well as text messaging they cost about fifteen dollars a month and they're billed to your Verizon account so you could have four numbers going into your cell phone. But then they charge you fifteen dollars a month per number. Unlike Google Voice, where you can get one number on and, it, and you get a virtual number uh, for Google Voice, and uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Wow! Yeah. But this T-Mobile also has something. Uh, T-Mobile has a, has an app that they call Digits that gives you the ability to have up to five phone numbers. But uh, if you only need one number, I'd just go with Google Voice. Now they are going to be coming out. I think they don't have them yet. They're going to be coming out with uh, phones that, that support. Two SIM cards yeah, yeah. in the U.S. I mean, in Europe, they've got a lot of... You can get some cheaper phones with two SIM cards. And you think two removable SIM cards. Two removable okay. SIM cards, and then you can you can do that thing. And then uh, and eventually, uh, you know, Apple's going to release the virtual SIM card where it's not removable, but you can program it, and it, and it'll, it would then have multiple numbers with it, too. I, I was just about to ask you about that, because we talked about that last week. The Apple, the Apple X, what, what version of it is it that's going to... It's it, it's probably it's probably the next version. They they've uh -huh. been talking about it for a long time, and they just don't they just don't get it. I is think that it's, the wave of the future is the programmable SIM card. Yeah, I think that's that is the way. the only reason they're they're removable SIM cards is that's what the telcos wanted. Right. They insisted on it because it mm -hmm. gave them more customer control. Gotcha. The customer has to go. But uh, so I think uh, Apple is negotiating with the telcos to try to get this uh, sim, you know, this this uh, this fully virtual SIM card in the system that you can just program, which would be a good thing. Gotcha. Okay, voice recognition has gotten really good. Have you noticed? You know, you talked you talked to voice recognition. It's almost perfect now. Um, you know, Microsoft's Cortana gets around a 5.1 error rate in speech recognition, and that's about the error rate of professional human transcribers. It's Pretty, huh. pretty good. Google is using its virtual assistant to carry on live conversations with real people at the other end. It includes both voice recognition and natural language, which makes it you feel like you're really talking to a person. So let me ask you, is this the same technology that's used in your iPhone when you try to do, you know, you dictate to your phone? Is that yeah, the same thing? It's the same thing. Will yeah. that update when they when they get put out a new version of the software? It, it automatically. See, the voice recognition is not is actually it forwards it back to to Apple. Or really? It it's not. So it doesn't happen in your phone. It doesn't happen in your phone at all. I didn't know that. So it, it forwards back and it comes back. Like if you talk to like on, on Amazon Echo uh, Alexa, it goes all the way back to Amazon servers and back. 
And well, that and, opens a new none, can of worms. None, none of the process. Yeah, they. Well, Amazon stores everything that you that you tell Alexa. When, you, but, but it, and so it doesn't store it. They no, they store everything. All, all questions you ask. They you, you, now you can go in and, and delete all that, but they they store whatever you've asked. They just keep. You can't get rid of it. You can delete it. You can. They, 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 you can go in and delete what they've done. So they say. Okay, that's what I was. I was waiting for the air quotes. Okay, <laughs> so the, gotcha. So, so they say. Now the thing is, it's gotten so good that what is next? Now the voice recognition software folks are trying to put emotion into the context. You see, this voice recognition is good, but what it doesn't communicate emotion. So now when you they, they want to get chatbots that that can tell when the user is irritated or when the user is <laughs> amused. So then they can say, well, calm down. I think we can fix this for you. And so they, they so they want to be able to detect emotion. So that's the next thing they're working on. Now, some companies are already working on this emotional recognition, but there are major challenges that have to be overcome, Like because recognizing human emotions through voice alone is difficult. It's even difficult for even humans to do because we read facial expressions. And so this is going to take more time, more processing time, but that is the next big breakthrough in voice recognition emotions. Okay, hackers are stealing all kinds of high-profile Instagram accounts, and they're doing it with social engineering. Mm -hmm. Now, this is, this is, you know, actually, a lot of the hacking is done with social engineering. So, like this early October, a publicist, a publicist for one of the, who was managing the social media accounts for one of the big stars, received a message via email that offered eighty thousand dollars to post a single picture. You know the you know these these uh, these people that have a lot of followers. If they like post a picture of them wearing a particular jacket or carrying a purse or in a certain car, it really drives sales. Mm -hmm. So this company offered if they would put this picture, you know, this advertising picture, paid promotion, they would offer that this star, this social media star, eighty thousand dollars to post a single picture. However, they said we have to verify the number of followers. The publicist hastily agreed, and the hacker then asked the influencer to log into a third-party Instagram analytics tool, Iconosquare. It's a common request, and, um, and in order to track the success. But the link was not to Iconosquare. It was to Iconosquare.biz, which is a closed version of the site set up for phishing. So the publicist logged in to this iconosquare.biz, put in the username and password for the account, bingo. Then they could steal it. As soon as they did that, they then started spamming all the influencers, millions of followers, with all kinds of free offers. Uh, this guy used, you know, they targeted several of the YouTubers, the Instagram stars, the meme pages. They actually... Um, in, like in one month alone, they seized at Fact with 7.2 million followers, at Chorus with 10 million followers, Snoop Slimes at 1.9 million followers. And after the accounts are seized, the hackers update the account bio to say managed by SCL Media. And they tell if you want, if you want to pay the brand, if you want to pay the brand to advertise anything, contact them and they'll handle all the transactions. So this is social media stealing Instagram accounts. 
Interesting. And we got more more big news here, a more big breakthrough with Marriott Star Wars. Marriott Starwood. Star Wars. Star, <laughs> Starwood Hotels. I got a mega, mega hack. This was a big thing. It was... They, you know, took them a while to admit it, but uh, Starwood is a subsidiary of the of, of the Marriott system, and their entire database was exposed to hackers. That's 500 million guest bookings. Wow! On September 8, 2018, Marriott received an alert from an internal security tool regarding an attempt to access Starwood uh, reservation database in the United States. Marriott learned during the investigation that there had been unauthorized access to the network since 2014 they kind of just so mm. they'd been hacked in for they'd been hacked for 4 years wow so around 227 million guest bookings that included customers names mailing addresses phone numbers email address passport number preferred guest number date of birth gender arrival departure information all of that was in there how did they not pick up on that for 4 years they that's a problem. They didn't pick up on it for four years. Now, the good news is the credit card numbers were encrypted with uh, with a with a pretty high grade encryption, AES one twenty eight, one twenty eight bit encryption, and so they believe that those credit card numbers are probably okay. But all that other information can be used for you know for identity theft. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a problem. Merritt investigators found an encrypted database online. And after they decrypted it, they discovered a full copy of the entire Starwood guest reservation database Ugh. was already online and for sale. All 12 of the Starwood hotel brands have been affected. Law enforcement in the U.S. has been notified. The hotel chain is emailing customers as soon as they can do it. I would suspect that somebody within the IT department over there lost their job over that. Somebody probably did. You see, because they, 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 they should have detected it because you should have intrusion detection uh-huh. tools built into your network. Four years. Four years. And, mm. and you know, a lot of the hacking that's done on these big corporate accounts, is it, it's frequently it's an insider job. They fish it, you know, they and if they get access to one server, uh, then they can just, they can spread throughout the whole network. Didn't and, know that. Yeah, and so and so most of the jobs, you know, most of the jobs, they just, uh, they just uh, take advantage of insiders. Somebody quits and then they leave. And they're just trying to, be, be, trying to yeah, yeah. cause trouble. So this hacking is getting to be a bigger and bigger problem. We've been mm-hmm. watching. Listen, we love your emails. Email us at Stratford. At, uh, email us at techtalk at stratford.edu. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. And then check out the programs there, the academic programs on the Stratford University website and tell them that you heard about them on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? 
Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.